Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Tribune Audio Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens, a production of WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region, a podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now your host, Jim Mertens. Welcome to The Cities. I'm Jim Mertens. Western Illinois University is in a state of change. It has a new acting president after Dr. Jack Thomas stepped down earlier this year. Dr. Martin Abraham was hired this spring as Western's new provost, but immediately moved into the president's office as the university looks for Dr. Thomas's successor. He's been a leading figure at Youngstown State University before, where he is trying to find innovative ways to make that school prosper and better serve the students in Ohio. How will that serve him here? We talked with Dr. Abraham during his latest tour of the Quad City campus. So at this point, what is your top priority as president? So the biggest thing we need to do in, at Western is, is we're really focused on taking care of the enrollment challenges that we have. We're doing, you know, at this time of year, there's not a whole lot that you can do for the fall of 19, but we are doing some things, looking at some opportunities to tweak a little bit around the edges so that we can try and get a little bit bigger numbers and keep the enrollment decline from going any worse than it might otherwise be. We're optimistic at this point. We have uh, some programs in place that we're, we're looking at that we think will get us some extra students. And we know from the numbers that we keep tracking that our incoming class looks better than we would have anticipated. Um, if you go back three months ago, six months ago, what have you, we're a little bit better than we would have anticipated. So that means we're still going to be down because we've had a series of years of declining enrollment, but we're not going to be down as much as we had thought. Well, and we've heard that before, actually, in the last uh, few quarters, is that it has gotten better as far as uh, uh, enrollment projections were concerned. But let's be honest, there's a couple things that haven't changed. One is the graduation rate at Illinois high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the pool of students that you can draw from is not getting any, any better for you, as well as the competition from neighboring states. How do you address that? Because those are two variables that you really don't have that big of an impact on. Well, you address it by first of all, offering quality academic programs that can draw a high quality of students and be interesting for the students. So you start from there. You look at the way you're pricing and the price structures that you're offering, and you can play around with your price structuring a little bit to to figure out ways to make those a little bit more appealing to students. And then you expand the geography. So we've done more with distance learning, for example, as we've tried to recruit students who look at different populations or different needs. And we've done more with with the Quad Cities campus, trying to address or develop programs that are more um, responsive to the needs in this community and building those opportunities as well. And so the demographics, they work against us. The competition is a challenge, but we have to develop new ways that we can be better, that we can outcompete 
those other uh, universities, those other opportunities, and we can increase our share of what's becoming a shrinking pie. And you have come from a place, Youngstown State University, that has seen increases over the last uh, five years. I think you've got about a 5% increase over the last few years, over the last few quarters. Um, it, are there lessons that you've learned there that are easily transferred? Because I know that's, you know, it's two different states, it's two different university systems, but are there lessons that you're planning on taking? Yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the things that you that we're looking at carefully at the moment is what our scholarship programs are going to look like. And we're, we're, we haven't gotten as, as deep into it yet as we need to in order to make the changes that we hope that we'll be able to make, which will be impactful for 2020. But we're going to look at that very carefully and try to make sure that we understand how the scholarship programs are set up to impact students who are going to be able to come and enroll making sure that we're able to provide support for the types of students that are critical students at Western. Um, so that's one element of it. We're looking at housing opportunities for our students and figuring out new ways to attract students from a housing perspective. Those are things that we did in Youngstown. I mentioned the distance learning already. It's another opportunity that we had that we looked at in Youngstown where we built programs specifically designed for certain populations that we knew we could go off and attract and worked with partners to help us build those programs to create some opportunities, new ways of marketing it, new ways of bringing in different students. One of the things that we've not done well at Western that I want to look at that's important for us is international populations. We, we just have a very, very poor um, enrollment number from internationals and we should be able to do a lot better in that area. So these are the types of things that we can do as we look to new opportunities and new geographies and, and new programs that can be more, uh, more popular or more attractive for students. And I wanted to add on to that uh, international student uh, uh, theory is that Dr. Thomas had also mentioned that that was something that he wanted as well. He had mentioned that in interviews with us like maybe two years ago. So are there programs already in place that just has to be better implemented in order to get international students? Or do you want to try to go in a whole new realm and really target that area? Uh, I think yes. <laughs> uh, and the reality is there are programs in place that I think we can grow and we can expand. But there are also new things that we need to do. You were talking also about uh, um, the fact that you really want to create a reason to come to Western. Classes, academics that really target the students where, where they live. And, and you're adding uh, a new science building, you're adding uh, a new performing arts uh, center at the Macomb campus. How critically important do you think those two facilities will be to grow that population at Macomb and, you know, to be honest, all of Western? Well, I think they're incredibly important, right? When students are coming and visiting the university, they're looking at the facilities that you have to offer. They're looking at the faculty who are going to be teaching the classes. And those are really the two, I think, primary things that the students really focus on. And so if we have top-notch, world-class facilities in those two areas in particular where we are attracting large populations of students already, um, that will be more helpful. Well, that'll be very helpful in getting the types of students and getting more of them because they'll see these top top-notch facilities. We already have top-notch faculty. That part we're doing a great job on. We need more, more great faculty so we can continue to expand and grow those programs. But that part we're already doing well. The faculty connect with the students. They support the students. We're able to give students that personalized attention because we have low student-to-faculty ratios. Mm -hmm. Doing great in that area. But they walk into some of the facilities and see buildings that are 30 or 40 years old and 
they recognize, you know, that kind of puts them off a little bit sometimes. We got great experiences for the students inside those buildings, but just the look of them, the, the new buildings will really help when we get them. Talk about new buildings, you take a look at the uh, Quad City campus. Oh, it's beautiful uh, the, up here. The impact of the Quad City campus in a, a large metropolitan area that does not have a four-year public university, which I know Western loves to tout all the time, and for mm -hmm. good reason as well. How do you see uh, Western in the Quad Cities growing, and are you satisfied with where it is right now? Um, I think we need to grow very much here in the Quad Cities. I think we need to really focus and understand what we can offer here in the Quad Cities that is responsive to the needs of this community specifically. Things that are different here than what we offer in Macomb because largely serving a different population up here. Work with the business community to find out what their needs are very carefully so that we're connected with the business community and engaged with them. And then build those programs in a way that they're very responsive to those needs. Because let's be honest, the building that we're in right now where we're talking to you is uh, the old Deer Technology Center. Absolutely. Western was built in the Quad Cities basically thanks to Deer donating this building and also for Western providing engineering classes in this area, mm -hmm. uh, which have expanded. So in so many ways, this place is built upon what the needs of the community was and the business community as well. So is that, what, is that the way you see it as well? is that we've already got kind of this agreement with the business community as well as the community at, at large, and that's just something that we need to grow on? I, to a large extent, yes, but also I think we need to focus a little bit better. We need to understand where we can offer things here that are different, that are unique, that are impactful in this community. Rather than trying to duplicate programs we offer in Macomb, we should offer the programs that are special and, and important for this community. I think I'd like to see the engineering grow a lot more than it already has grown. I'd like to look at ways that we can expand what we're doing, engineering, business. There are some prob probably some opportunities in the health professions up in this community that can be supportive of the needs, again, of the Quad Cities. And we need to figure out how that is as we spend a little bit of time examining really what we need to do here and what the business community needs to uh, is, is able to support and wants to see us build and starts to bring in. One of the other areas that I wonder that you were uh, worked very hard at, at Youngstown State, mm -hmm. um, was um, minority recruitment um, as well as uh, furthering STEM education and continuing that into secondary education for children. Um, is that something that you see vitally important for the success of Western? Yes. I, and, and it's something, not only do I see it vitally important for the success of Western, but I'm, I, I truly have a passion for it. You mentioned I did it back in Youngstown, and I did it not just because it was, a, it was a way to expand the university, but because it's an important thing for us to do as a society. We, are, we, we have a shortage of technically trained individuals, and part of the challenge that we face at the university level is we don't have enough students who are prepared to succeed at a technical field at the university level. They don't have the math background, they don't have the science background. And if we're failing our students at the elementary, at secondary and elementary levels, we can't help, we, we can't do enough for them at the university level to really get them to be successful. So we need to be reaching out to the schools. We need to be working with the disadvantaged minority populations helping the students to understand that they can be successful in these areas, that we want them 
to be successful in these areas. We're prepared to help them through some of the challenges that they face, which is unique to their cultural backgrounds, their upbringings, their economic situations, whatever they've experienced that has gotten them to the point that they're at. We can help them to be successful now, so that they you, can move on. Do you notice, because there's been such an attention to STEM, I mean, let's say five, ten years ago, people never even heard of STEM. Mm -hmm. is, that, is it just that we're hearing about it more, or do you really think that the education system, as you said, from elementary all the way through uh, high school, that it is actually focusing more on this, and it is improving in those areas for students? Um, it's been a challenge for a long time. Very much so. I, when I first started at a university as an assistant professor, it goes back over 30 years, we had a program that I was able to get funding from the National Science Foundation for that was called Young Scholars at the time. And we reached out, I was in Oklahoma, we were reaching out to the Native American populations, women students, looking to try and help them to understand that they could be successful in, in science-based careers. And that was over 30 years ago when we, were when we first started doing that, when I first started to get engaged. This is where a lot of the passion that I have for this field really started and really developed. But society today has taken notice of this as a problem. And part of that is because society needs these individuals, and we talk about the gap that we have between the, the workforce needs and the worker preparation, and, and there's, there is, there's a million, couple of million jobs that are unfilled in these areas because we don't have sufficiently, sufficient numbers of technically trained individuals. And part of that is because there's a number of segments of society that have been historically told you don't do that, and we have to change that message. We absolutely, as a society, need to change that message. And it, it, it has to start early on. Students have to hear that from the beginnings of elementary school. They have to hear that from their high school math teacher their high, or their elementary school science and math teacher. It doesn't matter. They have to start getting that. They have to start hearing about it. And they have to start seeing it as well. Because when they start to see that those people can be successful, that's when they'll appreciate that they can do it as well. And that's when we as a society will really start to make the turn and be able to have the types of individuals that we need in order to be a technically equipped society. That's Western's new acting president, Dr. Martin Abraham. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. Tribune Audio Network.